The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. He knows it. But he does well to win it back off of Wolby. And he's on the same wavelength as his old Real Madrid teammate, Ronaldo. And that is goal number 700 of his club career for Manchester United's number seven. A goal constructed from their many years together in Spain. The two Real Madrid teammates combine, and from 1-0 down, ahead of half-time, Manchester United have turned it around. Rashford's got onto his own flick here, this could settle it, Marcus Rashford, 3-1 Manchester United, and surely... The three points tonight as well. Oh, no, I don't think this is going to count. The trouble is, it doesn't matter if it's accidental. Because it's in the build-up to a goal, if this comes off his arm at all, it is a factual decision. Yeah. And that will mean Rashford's goal is disallowed. He's never scored against Everton. This is the 14th time he's played against him, and only now are the Everton fans realising that the goal doesn't stand. It's Garner against his old club. And De Gea flying just gets a fingertip to it. Everton aren't giving up, but they're nearly out of time. It's unlucky from Garner, that. It's the right shape. Has got traffic in and around him. You are listening to Bet MUFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow Bet MUFC on Twitter at Bet MUFC. 
That's at BetMUFC. The Soccer Gambling Podcast are at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. I'm in the process of recovering that account. We will definitely have it back in time for the World Cup. If you want to follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, they are at SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. And finally, you can follow my active Twitter account. I am at LockBettingCom. That's at LockBettingCom. So an interesting week for Manchester United. Two wins off the back of um, losing the Manchester derby. Bounce back against Everton. That 2-1 was more convincing than the 2-1. Rashford's goal being disallowed was a little bit of a joke. That was a clear goal. And then we beat Omnia 1-0 in midweek. We'll be talking about Man United's Europa League campaign over on a special edition of the Europa League show where we'll talk about what Manchester United need to do in the next two games to win the group and the position they are in to win the tournament overall with the likes of Barcelona, Juventus, Atletico Madrid and Ajax likely to join the competition at the last 32 stage. So we'll save talking about that until midweek and we will primarily focus on the Premier League. And what was most interesting about the performance against Everton is that it reminded me of the away run that we went on under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, where we could continue to win away from home. Sometimes we would go a goal down and we would need that goal to spark us into life and we would continue to make these comebacks. We did it very, very often under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. We had resilience. We had an identity. We counterattacked well with pace, with Rashford and Martial. And we seem to have lost that. But what's crazy is... We only lost it for one season. The signing of Cristiano Ronaldo stylistically altered the way we played. And despite the fact he scored 23 goals, it was a shift in identity. And I don't think we found one since then. But these away performances, when we look at the fact that we've won away to Leicester, we've won away to Southampton and we've won away to Everton, it does look like that they are coming back. And it's crazy that we were completely written off as a team who... When we signed Ronaldo, we suddenly, in the eyes of many, became challengers for the title after finishing second the season before. And then, coming into this season, no one even gave us a shot of finishing in the top four. Everybody wrote us off. We were supposed to be the sixth best team in the Premier League. That could still end up being the case. But so far, after losing the first two games, and obviously in between that, we've been humbled by Manchester City. But who wouldn't be? We have beaten Arsenal at home, a win that looks more and more press, more and more impressive every single week. We did beat Liverpool, a game that looks less impressive all of the time. And we are getting these away wins again. And Everton were in decent form going into this game. And they were a goal up. And one of the unlucky things that we that we have with Man United is everybody plays up against us and everything seems to go in. Alex Awobi before couldn't hit a barn door with his shot and looked like a complete waste of money. And then suddenly he becomes Lionel Messi five minutes into the game and sticks one in the top corner of the net. Now, if you go to soccer matches regularly like I do and you do watch the warm-ups, you see players putting balls into the top corner all of the time. You see them shooting at their goalkeeper and everything goes in. Bruno Fernandes is one who's very, very consistent with it. Yet when the game starts, he doesn't do it. So it says a lot about game pressure and what it does to players in terms of having other players around you, putting pressure on you, the pressure of the crowd. And Alex Awobi is a player who has massively underperformed since coming to Everton. Yet against Man United five minutes into the game, he whacks one into the top corner of the net. But we come back from that. Not only do we come back, 
but we come back before half time. Anthony Al scored in every single Premier League game, and Ronaldo's finally got to 700. In fact, in midweek, I expected Ronaldo just to build off that and score a couple of goals against Omnia, but it wasn't to be. What was most concerning is that he didn't really get into the game. And um, as I said many, many times, it is a stylistic shift. When you play Ronaldo or you play any kind of number nine who wants the ball into the box, that is a stylistic shift from having ball possession to moving it around and moving it around to trying to create openings to sometimes sitting in and trying to beat teams on the counter-attack to suddenly having a number nine in there and a target man who wants the ball. We fucked around a lot. We just shifted this ball around from side to side and we seemed to only trust Ericsson or Bruno to put the crosses in. Diego Dallo wasn't putting crosses in. Luke Shaw or Malasia, they weren't putting crosses in. So it's very weird. It does hark back to last season at times when Ronaldo is on the pitch and I'm not blaming him. I'm not criticising him. I'm not saying that he's finished. You cannot criticise Cristiano Ronaldo. For me, he's the greatest player of all time above Messi simply because of his consistency and his ability to do it in other leagues and the fact that he has done more on the international scene. And if if Messi does go on to win the World Cup in November, I may change my... Or in December when it finishes, I may change my stance on that in terms of who is the GOAT. But at the moment, it's Cristiano Ronaldo. And at worst, he's second. So you can't turn around and say, he's the reason for this and he's the reason for that. But when you play that type of player, whether you have Cristiano Ronaldo or whether we had Lewandowski or even if we had Haaland, it is a stylistic shift. That's what's most incredible, I think, this season about what Manchester City have done. They've managed to find a way to implement Haaland into their team without changing their, their, their style. Instead of like throwing balls into the box and trying to use him as a target man, what they've done is they've managed to integrate him into their chance creation and those half chances that players weren't taking formally since Sergio Aguero left suddenly everything's landing in the back of the net in fact I think Haaland is probably twice the finisher that Aguero was and that's a huge statement because Sergio Aguero is an absolute legend the man who handed Manchester City their first ever Premier League title but Haaland for me is already on course to be above Sergio Aguero in terms of the number of goals and in terms of legendary status at Manchester City. If he chooses to stay there, in my opinion, he's going to end up in La Liga. He's going to end up in Real Madrid in three years' time. And I won't miss him handing um, title after title to Manchester City because while he's there and whilst Manchester City have managed to blend everything together like this, nobody's going to stop them from winning the Premier League. And I think it's going to be very difficult from even stopping them winning the Champions League this season. But Man United have to stick with them. Man United have an opportunity at the moment to be the best of the rest. Arsenal at the moment have grabbed that mantle, but there isn't a huge gap between Man United and Arsenal. Otherwise, Manchester United would not be beating Arsenal 3-1. And when you look at money to throw at the situation and who can spend the most in terms of improving their squad, despite the fact Arsenal made good signings, Man United are going to be head and shoulders above Arsenal. They're going to be head and shoulders above Tottenham. And Liverpool, you can see, are already massively on the way down. I think when you look at Manchester United and Chelsea, they are going to be the two standouts to eventually challenge Manchester City. And uh, I don't think that's actually going to happen until Haaland leaves the Premier League. But the good news is, I do think he will leave the Premier League because I don't think Erling Haaland and the Haaland brand and what he wants to do with it is going to stay at Manchester City and achieve everything he wants there. Because as successful as Manchester City have been, they are still not in the conversation in terms of worldwide support 
in terms of brand recognition, in terms of legacy. I think if you want to do it and you really want to go forward and be one of the greatest of all time and and be in the conversation for Ballon d'Ors and for one of the greatest players of all time, unfortunately, you do have to go and do it at Man United, at Barcelona, at Real Madrid, at AC Milan, at Inter Milan. I don't think you can do it at these clubs. And I put Chelsea in the same bracket. It seems like Chelsea are never in the, the same breath as these teams because Chelsea are a team that don't have the history like Manchester City. They are a manufactured team who have been bought and put together over the last couple of decades and it will never be the same as doing it with a, doing it at a team with the historical legacy of a Man United, a Barcelona, a Real Madrid, an AC Milan, a Juventus or even a Liverpool. I have to put Liverpool in that conversation as much as I hate Liverpool and um, as much as I am enjoying what is happening to Liverpool at the moment. So we need to move on to the Manchester United-Newcastle game. We did not cover this on the EPL show. We did cover the Liverpool-Manchester City game. There is a lock from that game over on the EPL show. I encourage you to check that out. But um, we'll have a listen to what Eric Ten Hag has to say about this upcoming game against Newcastle. Newcastle have had a very, very good start to the season, losing only one game, and that was against Liverpool at Anfield. And even that game shouldn't have been a loss because the referee seemed to find some phantom injury time that nobody else understood why it was added. Um, initially, they um, they put up five minutes of injury time, yet Liverpool managed to score their winner in the 98th minute. Yet that still remains the only defeat of the season for Newcastle so far. The fans have been a little bit unhappy with the fact that they haven't made though major marquee signings. They've also been unhappy with the fact that they have drawn a lot of games that they should have won. But at the end of the day, Newcastle are very, very comfortably sitting in the top half. And if they win at Old Trafford tomorrow, they will go above Manchester United in the table. Before we listen to Eric Ten Hag, let me take a second out to tell you guys about Winbet. If you're thinking about joining WinBet, now is the perfect time. Customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Also, if you're looking to join the WinBet Biggest Winners Club, let me let you know whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet odds wide gets a $1,000 free bet. Last week, someone turned $6 into four grand. Plus, they got an extra $1,000 free bet on top. WinBet truly is the place for hashtag DGENs only. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgallonpockets.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgallonpockets.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Now, the offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions are available over at WinBet.com. You must be 21 and older and present in a state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gallon problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And we also take this time out to tell you about FUBU TV because if you watch football, you need FUBU TV. FUBU TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone plus games in 4K at no extra charge. Over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favourite shows with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try FUBU TV for free for seven days, and you can get 15% off your first month. Just go to FUBUTV.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. And finally... 
let me take this little time out to tell you guys about Odds Trader. Now, Odds Trader is the place to go to compare odds from all the major sports books. Why is this important? Because over the course of time, if you bet regularly and you continue to take minus one day and minus 140 over the likes of minus 120 and minus 110, it will add up. If you do it once in a while, it's fine. But if you do it regularly, it'll add up over the course of a week, over a, more even more over a month and even more over a year. I'm someone that posts a PL every single month. Go to my uh, Twitter account, the pin tweet at lockbencom. That is always the pin from the previous month and you'll be able to see that the winnings and especially those profits would be affected by uh, by not shopping around for the best lines and we use sites like odds trader to do that you can also compare different sign up codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deals why have one book when you can have five or six books to choose from to get the best prices and you can also get the best sign up offers which will which will include free bets the app also provides players that's key games that's injury reports and projected game day weather for bets to make the most informed bets possible which is going to be crucial during the NFL season. It also has a bet tracker so bettors can keep records of all games and betting activity. To check it out, go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. That's oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. Yeah. Eric, you've got a really important week now in the Premier League with three matches back-to-back against, against tough rivals. What difference does that goal from Scott make to your build-up to that week? I go always from game to game and um, it gives another uh, impulse on the team and to the, to the belief, I think, uh, that uh, the spirit is already good, but it will give a push um, in that spirit again and it will strengthen the belief in the squad. And But for the rest, yeah, you, uh, we have to go from game to game and uh, well, yeah, we're going to be tough opponents, but I really... We are really looking forward. There are really tests for us, uh, for us as as a squad, to to go in their battles. And as I say, it uh, delivers energy. How highly do you rate Newcastle? They do really well. Uh, um, I think it's a team who can play in in high intensity uh, with a lot of energy. Um, so that's uh, that makes it uh, a tough opponent, and we know we have to play our best to get the right result. Eric, we've, we've seen a couple of midfield combinations today. So, excuse me, Casemiro, Ericsson, Fred, Tommy all combining. Do, do you know what your your strongest midfield pairing is? Mm. Difficult to say in this moment. Uh, then they have to play longer together. Uh, but what's important, once again, we have we need a squad. And if you say, I think Fred played a good game uh, to the, uh, tonight, and it was really well that he in the, in the counter press uh, wins, a, wins a lot of balls. Unluckily, he didn't score the goal. Uh, it was a really good move from him and then received the chip ball and not scoring the header and that is that's all a kind of impact you have to give to the team but I think we have some combinations and it's about in the midfield always about balance and so I'm happy with all four and I hope they keep going in this way here and here uh, Eric Marcus, Rashford maybe could have scored four goals tonight. There's some good goalkeeper, also maybe not so good finishing. What, what can you say to him about his performance just to, to improve? Yeah. He, he did a lot of things well, but finally, uh, 
Um, and he knows that he has to be more clinical and he had to score a goal. Had that, um, um, when you have such good movements, you make such good combinations, you have so good um, good actions, huh? then um, you have to, to finish. But I know sometimes it's the game, it's not your, your night, and it's about uh, so the form of the day, but it can change uh, to another game, and because I think he's in a really good run, and that, that proves at the chances he creates. Uh, and now he's two games, he's a little bit unlucky. Uh, Sunday he deserves a goal, or what they cancelled. Today he didn't score, and maybe it was more by himself. So, but I say, save it for coming week. Can, can we just check on team news for Sunday, Eric, especially Maguire and Martial? And if they're not ready for Sunday, do you have any idea when they will be ready? Um, Anthony Martial. Um, can be, but we have to wait how it develops coming uh, coming hours. And Harry Maguire uh, will not make this, but um, but it, uh, it doesn't take long, I think. Weeks, a couple of weeks for Harry. No, no, no. I, I think that he next week he will he will be back in the team training or over next week. Um, just wanted to talk about. Oh, Eric, can I just ask about Anthony? Obviously, he scored in his first three Premier League matches since joining, but it feels like there's more to come from him. What, what can United fans expect from him? Uh, develop, development, and I think you. We have seen a few now from his um, uh, dribble capabilities, his speed, uh, his finishing, uh, also creating. Um, but now also he has to work on, on more variation and, um, and he is a player who can adapt quickly to a high level and is a player who likes challenges and he needs the challenges and um, yeah, every, every training for him is a challenge, every, uh, 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 every game is a challenge and that, um, that will make the best out of him and uh, he likes that and so... Uh, I think there's really a lot of space for improvement with him, but I think he's already in a really good level when you are uh, the first player from, uh, who scored in three um, in a row, three goals for Man United and in, in all history that already shows his potential. Okay, last question. Uh, the, the next three games are obviously against top six clubs in the Premier League. Have the FA given you any guidance as to when there'll be an outcome on Cristiano's charge and whether he'll be available for all those three games? No. Uh, I don't know when it's, um, uh, when the defence, when that will, will be. And so we don't have a timeline. Yeah, you never really get too much out of uh, Eric Ten Hag doesn't really give too much out to the media. Very, very generic stuff. Um, I think the injury reports are always interesting. Um, Harry Maguire will be back next week. What, what What's going to happen with that? Had Rafa Varane got injured while Harry Maguire was fit, would Maguire have come in above Lindelof? I think he probably would have done, unfortunately. And that's something we'll have to deal with throughout the season because Rafa Varane isn't going to give you six or seven games in a row. He's going to be continuously injured. There is a feeling that he is made of glass. 
Um, obviously, he was a lot more consistent in terms of putting in a run of games for Real Madrid. As for his form, he's been playing very, very well. Every time he's been on the pitch, it has made a difference. Obviously, against Manchester City, he came off. Uh, the scoreline was 1-0 when Rafa Varane was off for the corner that City scored from when United had 10 men on the pitch. And uh, he never returned, so it's difficult to judge him as any part of those, as any part of that game where we conceded six. But he is a key player. He has been one of the best defenders in the world over the last ten years. It's fair to say that he's even number two or three. Could be even argued that he's number one over the last ten years. A lot of people will um, will point to Virgil Van Dijk, and I say, show me the trophies because the the number one defender for me over the last decade, has been Ramos, and second has been the man that's been next to him for most of it, Rafa Varane. That's it for me. Um, Van Dijk doesn't enter into that conversation whatsoever. Those two have been the, the two best defenders, and they still continue to play at a high level. Obviously, Varane is younger, but Sergio Ramos has, has forced his way into the lineup at PSG after not playing for most of the last season. So that says a lot about him. Um, so yeah, I do prefer it when Varane is playing. It'd be interesting to see what happens with Maguire. As for Martial... Despite the fact he's hardly played this season, when he has played, he's done something. He scored two goals against Manchester City, although they were meaningless. It was massively influential when he was on the pitch in terms of um, in terms of us beating Liverpool. He made a difference when he came on for Alanga after Alanga missed a great chance against Liverpool in the first half. Anthony Martial instantly made the assist that put through Marcus Rashford. He's the player that I want to see starting down the middle. I think Rashford, Martial and Anthony at the moment is our best front three, which is bad for Jadon Sancho because I thought this would be the season where we would see why we signed Jadon Sancho. But at the moment, he isn't in my top three. And um, Ronaldo, he's about fifth choice at the moment, in my opinion. So I don't see Cristiano Ronaldo starting on Sunday if, if Martial is fit. And it'd be interesting to see if Martial isn't past fit. If he does start on the bench, if we move Rashford into the middle and bring Sancho back into the lineup and take Ronaldo out anyway, because as I said, Ronaldo was very uninfluential in the midweek game against Omnia, a game where I thought Cristiano Ronaldo would be able to build off the 700th goal against Everton and bag a couple of goals. We come up here against Newcastle, um, and they are a very, very difficult team to break down since Eddie Howe took over. There's been very, very few games where Newcastle have actually conceded twice. And with the way Man United are conceding goals at the moment, and with me not knowing if it's going to be Varane or Lindelof that play alongside Martinez, it's difficult to say if Man United have any chance of keeping a clean sheet here, despite the fact they kept one against Omnia. That's Omnia. You expect Man United not to concede in that game against a Cypriot team, but Newcastle are a different kettle of fish. Both teams have scored in two-thirds of Newcastle's games this season, and whilst Manchester United have won eight of their last ten games, they've kept just one home clean sheet all season. So looking at that data you would think that Newcastle would be able to score here. Newcastle have scored 10 goals across their last three games. Meanwhile, Manchester United, they do seem to dominate this fixture. They are unbeaten in 34 of their last 38 meetings of Newcastle. And if you look back to last season, it was about 13 months ago where Cristiano Ronaldo debuted and scored two goals against Newcastle in a 4-1 win. I was at that game. I chose not to take ridiculous offers of, of two or £3,000 for my ticket to watch Cristiano Ronaldo return. It looked like at that point we'd be genuine title contenders. 13 months later, 
Man United are now struggling to get back into the top four. But I do think that that's where they will finish this season. I think talk of Newcastle joining the the top six or, or challenging for the top four are a little bit premature. And I do think Manchester United will win this game. But I do think in order to do so, they will need to be one of those rare sides who score two goals against Newcastle in order to get it done. Because I do think both teams will score here. I think that would be my main lean. And that is somewhat of a hedge on Manchester United on the money line. So you can take your pick on both teams to score. Because if both teams don't score, you would probably be guessing that Man United have won this game and won it with a very, very rare clean sheet. I don't think Newcastle are going to be the only team to score here um, and come away with a 1-0 win from Old Trafford. That would be an incredible result for them and a massive setback for Man United. So if um, if both teams don't score, you would think that you would cash that money line play. We are trying to cash both here. We are trying to look for Manchester United to, to win with both teams scoring at the same time and therefore Man United would have to score two goals here to get it done. But I do think that's the best way to play the game. You end up playing two crucial data lines here with um, both teams scoring being something that the data tells you will cash given that Man United are struggling to keep clean sheets whilst at the same time you are going along with the data that says Manchester United have an aura over Newcastle and continually manage to have uh, managed to win this fixture or at least avoid a defeat in this fixture. So we're going to go with our main lean on both teams to score at 46 miles from 50. And I like Manchester United on the money line. I don't think we actually ran through the odds for this game. But at the moment, if you shop around, you can get Manchester United at plus money, narrow plus money at 21 to 20. But still, plus money nevertheless for Man United to beat a Newcastle team who they should still beat, despite the fact that Newcastle have massively improved. It's 13 to 5 on the draw and it's 11 to 4 on Newcastle. And um, both teams to score and Man United on the money line as two separate plays would be the way I would be looking to tackle this game. That's it for me in this edition of BetMUFC. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening.